So I send three gifts a year. Two of them are branded and one is not branded. That's that's it. And then the 12 is I put them on Homebot. And so they get an email from me once a month. So 12 months of the year. That's my entire follow-up protocol. And I don't do anything else. You're listening to Real Estate Coffee Talk. I'm your host, Sarah Hilton, and this is your weekly live coffee date with the who's who from every corner of the real estate industry. Every week, we're spotlighting stories that inspire and tips that empower. So whether you're new to the game or a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone. Now grab your mug and let's get into it. So welcome to Real Estate Coffee Talk. We are back. I have not done this. Stanley, Stanley, you have coffee in there or water in there? It's just water. Oh, you're so healthy. <laughs> I, I'm on my. Actually, it's only my second cup, so not so bad. That's not bad. But it's um, it's it's cute. Well, is it Cuban or Colombian? Anyway, it's Bustelo coffee, which is basically espresso, and I drink a full mug of it. Oh. And um, I don't know how much coffee you drink, but my son got me this Ember cup for Christmas. It keeps it warm. I saw those at Best Buy. I was like, that is pretty cool. I don't drink coffee, but I'm a hot chocolate addict. And I, that, I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. Let me tell you, I love it. Like, because yeah. my, my kids get mad at me because I'll take coffee up. Like, I drink it right before I go to bed. So I'll be in my room. And then it's like I start doing stuff and it gets cold. And I'm like, can you just run this down to the microwave for me? And my son is like, I'm so tired of you. So yeah, this keeps it warm for like two hours. You can like go around, do your thing. And it's piping hot. That's so awesome. I love it. It's the best gift ever. Okay. But um, welcome. You know what, Lisa? You say your last name because I don't want to screw it up. But Bingley. Bing. I would Bing. not. I would I not have said it that way. I know. Nobody does. We need to read. Like, we need to revamp the spelling. But yeah, yeah it's Bingley. Bingley. Okay, so I mean, I've known you in internet land for like three years, and always in my head, I said as Lisa Benjeli. Yeah, yep, yep. Bingley. Wow. Okay, I'm glad I asked. Um, all right, so Lisa, let me pull up. I'm so sorry, but tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got started in real estate. What made you want to get started? All that good stuff. So I've been in nine years. Actually, just hit my nine year anniversary, which is fun. Um, yeah, time's flying. I tell you, um, I got into real estate when all of my kids went to school. So I was stay at home mom, like your classic. I, I was medical billing. I did medical billing from home. I always did something from home. I used to, I used to build bows, like bow and arrow bows, right? I used to for bow. I did all sorts of things. I can't hold still very well. So, um, anyway, so my youngest was in, uh, first grade. And so then everyone was gone all day long. And it literally working from home by myself like that was not the best thing for me. I am a social animal. Yeah. And I ended up bawling, like so unhappy, sad, depressed, because I was like, now what's life supposed to be? Like, you, you know, such a and weird transition. That next, yeah. That next transition of like, everyone needed me and that was my worth and my value. And now no one needs me. And now what's my worth and my value? And so um, I gave myself the opportunity to just pick to do whatever I wanted to do. And I didn't have college. I had a semester of college under my belt. And I thought I could go to college. I could go get any job. Like if I just gave myself this open book, if I could do anything in the world, 
astronaut, doctor, like what do I want to do? And real estate was actually the thing that I want to do. That's so crazy. yeah. Did so you know it. anyone who was in real estate or it just kind of came to you? Um, it just came to me. My, um, I did know a guy that we got to church with. He was a broker. So I didn't know him super well. You know, we played some board games, but other than that, that was uh, all I knew. Um, so I called him and I said, hey, if I went and got my license, would you hire me? And he said, oh, yeah, I'd hire you. And I was like, OK, great. So then I went and talk, you know, talked to my husband. I went and signed up for classes and quit my job and jumped in with both feet. So crazy. OK, so we need to know the story about this, because for only nine years, to be earning seven figures consistently. I know, at least since I've known you, you've been super successful. So you found really fast success, which most people don't. Most people don't even make it to nine years. <laughs> so nice. um, how did you do it? Like, how did you start and how did you get to where you are now? So, you know, I didn't have any training. My broker was a great human. He still is a great human, but he was not a great trainer. So I literally didn't know anything, not even really how to fill out a contract very well. Um, yeah, I made, made it up. So I, I would say the biggest, the biggest things I can attribute to my success, especially just in that first year, was I was very willing to just try anything. Yeah. And I was willing to try even though I could fail. That was, I didn't even, failure wasn't even an option for me. And it still is never an option for me. So that wasn't, there was no fear involved in it. It literally was like that two-year-old toddler that runs toward the swimming pool because they think swimming is going to be fun, but they don't know they can drown. Yeah. It was kind of like that. It was like, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to run toward this thing. And I might drown. I might not drown. Like it wasn't even a, I'm going to drown. It was like, there's no option. I will swim. Right. Oh. Right. Yeah. So it was more about that. So then I would just find all the things I could do um, to just make waves in my business, like to start and make traction. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I had that aspect of my personality because unfortunately it's just all the things. Are you the oldest child in your family? No, I'm the second. So I don't know about the birth order, you know, you know, <laughs> like the psychology stuff, but I feel like birth order things. Um, I'm always, cause my younger sister is more like that. And I'm more like, oh my gosh, but I, I could make a mistake and then the whole contract would blow up. And that, you know, I mean, it's, and, and yeah. it's, it's dumb when you're on the outside of it because you realize how much it paralyzes you and just stops you from so much. So yeah. I'm like that. All right. So nine years ago was a whole different time. As oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like marketing and all that stuff. Oh yeah. So when you first started, um, where was most of your business coming from? Like, how were you marketing yourself and how were you getting those first few deals? Yeah, you know, I think that's probably the benefit of having started nine years ago is I had to work in a different way than now. Right. So agents right now, there's so much focus on the marketing avenue, like what they're doing to market. And they're not focusing on the people very well or what they're what the purpose of the marketing is for. Right. So I literally jumped into what I call relationship marketing, which is talking to people, right? It is looking for people to help and then approaching them, talking to them, offering my help, right? And that's all I did over and over again. If I literally, I was the weird person 
who I remember standing at a um, at an event, like dinner. It was a, literally like a church community dinner. Yeah. And I heard somebody next to me talking about houses and either the value of their house. It was something where they would like they were confused or they had a question and no one was there to answer their question. And I was like, oh, so then I like insert myself like the weird person into their conversation and I answer their question. And I would do that like I was standing at the DMV one day and somebody said something about their property taxes and they didn't understand about their property taxes. And I was like, oh, insert myself. And then I answer the question for them. So I will do that. I still do that to this day. But if someone has a question, like I, number one, became a really great expert of the market in my area. And so then I could provide that data and information to people. So if I were to give like order of events, um, the first thing was I didn't have anything to do. So I studied the market. Yeah. And I sat home for three. I mean, not just sat home, but still I spent a lot of time and every day I would check the market and I would see what's new on the market. What are the prices doing? Are they up? Are they down? How long are things on the market for? You know, check out the new listings. And I would just continue to do that for my entire county is what I did. Right. That way you had the answers when the answers. Yeah. It makes you sound so smart. And I'm like, and well, I just look like everyone, every agent can get that information for free. Yeah. We're just not taught that piece of the puzzle. I don't feel like to like go yeah. do that, understand yeah. it. So then when you have a conversation at DMV, you sound like a genius. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they, these people, although they think that there's so much information on Zillow and stuff, a lot of that information really is not available. Okay. So my next question from that would be right, because I have been in stores and things like that, where I hear people talk, like one time I saw someone looking at, and I'm like you, I get charged off of people, right? So I'm not shy, but I guess my hangup was, and I don't know if anyone else feels like this, comment if you do, <laughs> but um, my hang up was like when I would see people talking about that, or I would be in, in a social event or like at my husband's work event, he'd always be like, my wife's a realtor. And, and like, I never wanted people to think that I was talking to them or engaging with them specifically for the purposes of real estate, right? Like I wanted to be, I want them to feel like I was genuinely interested in them. So was that kind of like a mindset thing you experienced or you just were able to get over that? pretty quickly? Um, I think that's, so when I want to kind of liken that to when somebody sends an email or like your email signature says, I love referrals or the best compliment that I can get from you is referrals, right? Yeah. It's like asking for it. That's that putting it out there. Yeah. And I am a big proponent of earning it. Sure. So my very first subdivision that I landed, which was I didn't even have my license yet, by the way, when I started pitching myself to this builder that was developing a subdivision. And I I knew the person that was fronting the money. I knew the money guy for that subdivision. I didn't know the builder and developer. And I literally walked into that developer and I said, I do know the, I do know the owner, like they're the money guy, right? But I didn't ask them to put me in touch with you and I don't want any favors. And that's the, that's exactly how I started the conversation. I was like, I am here to earn it because this is what I can provide for you. Yeah. And so I think it's, again, why did I have the confidence to say that? It's not because I'm like a magical human being. 
It's because I researched. What's just because I researched. Yeah. It's like, if you have something that you truly believe in and that you know is truth, right? Then it's easy to show up and be like, guys, this is truth. Like, this is what the market's going to do. This is what you should be able to list your properties for. This is who's going to buy them. These are the floor plans you should do. Then you can be able to convey that information, but convey it with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that I think, I don't know, I've seen a lot of agents struggle with. And and to use my favorite um, term, commission breath, like I think when, you know, my, my thing is like in these Facebook groups, right? When you are, when someone says, hey, I'm th-, like Charlotte is obviously a place a lot of people are moving to. So someone said, I'm thinking of moving here. Um, do you guys know where's a night, uh, you know, good subdivision where the schools are good, whatever. And instead of just answering, mm-hmm. you know, providing value, it's a hundred comments of I'm here. To it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not, and it comes across. So in New York, this was a term, but so thirsty, you know, it comes yeah. across desperate. Instead desperate. Of being, yeah. Instead of be like, Hey, here's your information. Hope it helps you. Yes. If you need me, I'm here, but good luck with your. That's you know, the, that's my entire approach. Yeah. That yes. is my entire approach. It's like, here's the information. Let me know if you need more help. Right. And, and, and I've been reading this book on behavioral psychology for like the second time in a row. And I forgot what the term is for that, but it's basically because how you just said you talk to that builder, I can put myself into that builder's shoes and be like, shoot, I would hire her because she acted like, Hey, if I didn't hire her, she was still going to be okay. Which makes you, it's a mental, it's a psychological thing really, but you're like, well, what she got that's so good that she doesn't care. You know, now it makes you want yeah. it. It's like the guy in high school, right? It's like, it's the one you can't have, but you yes. always want the one you can't have. Right. Kind yes. Of, yeah. Like- well, that's exactly what it is. I'm, I'm trying to remember from my book what the, what the behavioral psychology term for it is. But yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Everyone wants what, what, what they, they can't have. have. Exactly. Yeah. If they're like throwing themselves at you. Yes. Like they become unattractive. It's not an attractive pitch, right? So yeah. agents are doing that now where it's like, you know, even like you teach amazing social media that has value, right. Right? but like a lot of the social media that's put out there, people put so much energy into it, but it's not attractive. They're not providing anything. They're spending so much time trying to highlight themselves Yeah, and they're not paying attention to the person that they're trying to serve. Right. And, and people forget that so much of social media is simply what would work in an actual social setting. So if you go out, even not to do business with someone, but even if you just go out with a friend and that friend sits there and talks about themselves and what they do for an hour straight, or like, I, I always use the date analogy, but it's like, right. You meet a guy that's a doctor, you know, it's cool to hear what he does. It's something different. But after that first day of him talking to him about himself the whole time, you're like, well, I don't want Yes. Yeah. You know, I write. So people know you're a realtor. And if you can just post more about, just like you said, relationship marketing is about value, you know, giving to the other person. Our, our relationship is a two way thing. So, okay. So getting back to that. So, what, how do you kind of define relationship marketing and what does it look like in your business? Relationship marketing in, in any business. I feel like I always think about this with car car salesmen as well. This is like yeah. the first time it came up for me. Um, but it is it is forming relationships with the people that you're working with 
So it's not coming at them as a salesperson. When we market to people as a salesperson, they feel like they're getting sold to. And if they don't want what you have, then there's no attachment. Relationship marketing starts to create an attachment with the other person. So much so that my business after four years, four between four and five years, became 95% referral and repeat business. Oh my gosh. And that at 120 units a year, having that be referral and repeat business is huge, right? And it's especially where you are, right? Because you're not in a huge it's not a huge town. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're in small, we're in small. I mean, I'm outside Boise, Idaho. I sell yeah. in Boise, like I have a huge radius that I sell in. But for it's anybody like you're in New York City and closing, you know, I mean but even like, that, honestly, the what the average now is like 30, it's in the 30s, like 35%, let's say. Yeah. Was the referral and repeat business rate oh. for agents nationally. So oh. my first question is, where's the rest of your clients going? Right. They're going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's so when you create um when you create a relationship with them and you have more of that bond. That's when they feel comfortable calling you to ask you other questions. That's when they feel comfortable when it's like, oh, I had a life change. I'm going to call Lisa again. Right. right. It's not even a question. Yeah. It's just it's a habit thing that they do. Yeah. Right. It's like I always use the analogy of going to the dentist. I don't go to a different dentist every six months. Right. Yeah. To get my teeth cleaned. Like I have my dentist and I go to my dentist. But realtors don't they don't think of themselves that way and they don't build a business that way. Theirs is more of like the wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got the I got the lead. I'm going to service the lead. We're going to close. I'm going to take my paycheck. And then it's like, thank you. And then not on to the next. And then let's get another lead. And then let's go again. And leads are important and they're a part of our business. But if you work them the right way, if you do well during the transaction, you create that relationship with them. Then you have amazing follow up after the sale and you continue to perpetually follow up with them in a way that's not annoying or right. time consuming, yeah. then you've now continued that relationship. And then when it's time for them to sell again, they come back to you. And honestly, my book of business, even after nine years and still selling the number of homes that I do is only 275 people long. Yeah. So I have, <laughs> I've you. sold over 800 houses. Oh my gosh. 275 person database. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So people focus on like I, I hear it all the time on the social media front, right? It's like some lady asked me um recently, well, if I work with you, are, are you gonna get me more followers? And I was like, hey, first of all, anyone can get more followers, <laughs> right? Like I, I can sit here and tell you I'm gonna get more followers. Any social media manager can go and buy followers or they can just post content that happens to do really well and attracts a bunch of people, but it's not anyone that would actually ever buy and sell a home. So right. the wrong metric to focus on, right? Yes. It's shown quality over quantity. Okay. So the great and quick question before I ask my follow-up, I mean, quick note before I ask my follow-up question is my dentist, I am petrified of the dentist. And I think of it in terms of real estate because you cater yourself to different people's you, if you have a relationship with them, you end up knowing what's important. But my dentist, he knows I'm terrified of dentists. Mm -hmm. They literally, every time I go there, they have like a, a washer and dryer in the back. They have a blanket that they throw in the dryer for me. So it's nice and warm. Oh. And then I, I go on the seat. 
he's like, all right, you're going to get your crime podcast going. I get <laughs> my blanket and it's like, I'm a whole baby. But I'm like, will I ever leave Dr. Kai? Like, no, because yep. what dentist is catering to me in a minute? Okay. Yeah. So That's once cool. in your business, once you guys, you know, use relationship marketing, obviously to attract the business or whatever, mm-hmm. once you close the deal, how do you keep up? Because even with 275 people, that's a lot to keep up with. So yeah. what are some of the ways you kind of keep in touch with these people, keep in contact, maybe automate some of it? Yeah. Yeah. So all, all that I do, it is my three, two, one, 12 follow-up program. And that's it. That's all I do. So I send three gifts a year, two of them are branded and one is not branded. That's, that's it. And then the 12 is I put them on Homebot, and so they get an email from me once a month. So 12 months of the year. That's my entire follow-up protocol. And I don't do anything else. I don't make, I don't call and check on them. I don't ask them to coffee. I don't like, I know I've, a lot of these programs, people come to me and they're like, well, I'm supposed to be making 10 phone calls a day to my sphere or to the people that I, you know, past clients. And I was like, how's that going for you? Right. Like, I'm not doing it. And I was like, yeah, because it's dumb. Because yeah. nobody wants the rando creepy phone call that says, how are your kids doing at college? Or I don't know. Like, it's, it's so it's- awkward. I know. I've seen the... um. The people posting like around Christmas time or Happy New Year when it's very it to mostly everyone I'm sure it, like I hate when things feel um, inauthentic or unauthentic yeah. word. like so if you're I have past clients that I'll reach out like one of my past clients just had a baby and they I helped them buy lands last year they built a house and so she had a baby and they moved in like well and she posted pictures of the baby. I was like, oh my gosh, she's adorable. Send me pictures of the house. But I genuinely care. care. Yes. I feel like I had a relationship. But with some people, it seems very awkward, weirdo. Like you said, to be like, happy new year. How's the fam? And they know you've copied and pasted that to 15 people. Yeah. It generally, I, not going to start a conversation. I always think of that like... Um, like I get emails, Allstate's my insurance carrier, my insurance company. Right. And I always get the automated emails from Allstate. Like, we're so grateful you're that our customer and be sure to clean out your gutters this time of year. And I'm like, junk, junk, junk. Okay. The difference yeah. between that. So that's regular marketing, right? That's like what we're tart marketing class, maybe. Well, the thing is, I didn't go to, I didn't go to college. So yeah. I made it myself, right? <laughs> yeah. Mine, I don't put them on a drip like that because mine is literally like, here's something so much more intentional from me so they know that it's a personalized it's a personalized gift it's personalized card from me yeah that feels so much different or even if it were to be a phone call or an email but it comes direct from me and it's literally more intentional and they know it right and and even homebot even though that you're just paying the system to do it when i know when it's homebot is like the best money the best tool ever it's the best yeah. and when it comes to them it doesn't tell them these are the stats in boise or these are the stats in charlotte it's like these are the stats for your, your house home. Yeah. yeah well and there's a trick to that too so i'll share my trick even though i don't usually tell anybody my trick but when you sign people up for homebot before i put my clients on homebot um i have a specific email that i send out to them from my personal email yeah. that goes through it's a kind of a letter that i send them that says hey here's this thing i'm going to sign you up for i'm going to add you to it right it's a program that i have 
here's what it provides. This is why it's got really great value. I signed myself up for it. This is what I love about it. And the kicker is it's not going to be accurate. It's just an idea about your value. So if you have questions, just be sure to reply to my email. But let me know if you don't want to be signed up. Right. Yeah. Well, I had literally like three people that were like, oh, don't share my data. I don't want to be signed up. Everybody else loves it. My open rate's like 87%. That's oh, no, it's phenomenal. Cool. Yeah. So people love it so much that I've had clients. I had one that I never thought would call me back. Like they, I don't know, there was some weird mental breakdown happening at the time and they hated Those me. are the ones that always come back. Yes. And I, and I was like, well, I literally thought like they hate my guts. There's no way, like oh they're never going to come back. They acted like it was the worst thing that ever happened in their lives anyway. Oh and sure enough, like I kept her on my follow-up system and I kept providing that value and that love to them. Yeah. And sure enough, she kept emailing me off my home bot and she's like, can you check my value? I think I want to retire soon. And then three months later again, can you check my value? I think I want to retire soon. And sure enough, now it was time. They want to change houses and I've got their sale. I'm doubling their sale and I'm helping them with their purchase. So $50,000 in commission later, like my little system, not yep. kicking them off was a really good move because even though I thought they weren't going to love me, I still continue to nurture and show them that it's that building that relationship. Right. Hey, and it's, and I mean, you know that I did that whole automation training back in the summer and it's, and it's funny because my husband was like looking at some of the stuff I was putting in. He's so not tech savvy at all. And he's like, I don't even know what half of this stuff means. Right. So I, I guess I need to find a way to make it. But the the thing I love about the HomeBot is that it's working for you while oh, yeah. you're working. Right. Oh, yeah. Because there's no way, like one of the crazy things I find in this industry, and I've said it before, is I know so many people who are. 10, 20, 30 years into this business, and they're still out there, like no staff, nothing working on the back end. They're just running around showing homes that roller coaster of finding people. And you know, I'm sure they have their they have their clients that they've kept in touch with and stuff. But mm -hmm. the great thing, that's exactly what automations is, is you're setting up these systems that are just working on demand. So you yes. So you yeah. just go through the work of adding your person in there. I'm sure that email you have is already kind of like a template at this point. It's a template. Yeah. It comes yeah. in one of my classes. Yeah. And then it's just, and then it's just going, it's just going for them. And look at that. Like the work you would have had to do to every month, go through her, go through the MLS, pull out her specific stats. Oh yeah. 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 And it's impossible to do that on a, on a bigger scale. So for what, what, how much is home about like $50, a month? It's 25 yeah. bucks a month for up to like a thousand people. Exactly. Oh, it's so cheap. So $25 a month, even over a year. So oh, yeah. $250 and maybe an hour of your time to get back 50,000 in commissions. Like, oh yeah, that is the power of automation, but. Oh, and that's just one. I mean, it's, one. it's yeah. like every, automation is my favorite word and people are not using it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Speaking of your coaching, the agent leader and all that, I you're amazing. Um, that's kind of how we connected at first was all your coaching stuff. Okay, so before we get into kind of what it is, how it works and all that stuff, what made you decide to kind of go on to that? Well, do Excellent. both, but yeah, yeah, yeah. My 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 income 
it yeah. just kept going up every single year. And we used to call like when I was making like $350,000 a year, we'd call that stupid money. Yeah. Cause it was like, it was stupid, money, stupid money to me. Like we lived off of $80,000 a year for a really long time. Yeah. So, you know, an additional 350 was <laughs> stupid money. Right. Yeah. And we yeah. could do stupid things with it if we wanted. And anyway, um, and, and then the next year, and it's like 475 and the next year it's 625 and the next year it's seven. And as it kept going up every single year, I was like, huh? Like I literally had like one time I had like a $25,000 paycheck that I had stuffed in my planner that I even forgot to deposit. Like I just, it was, I just is like, oh, another paycheck. Okay. Like I didn't even really pay attention to them anymore. Right. And what happened was it became unfulfilling for me. Right. So it was a fun chase. It's kind of like you want what you can't have. Right. Yeah. So it's like chasing the cute guy. And then all of a sudden the cute guy likes me. And then I'm like, oh, huh, like you're okay now. Right. Yeah. Um, so the money was great and I chased it for a while and it was fun. Yeah. And it was something I'd never achieved before. But as I continued to achieve it and then it kept growing and growing. And then you hit the million dollars a year. Like I just kept growing every year. And by about that $600,000 mark, when I was making about $600,000 a year, I was like, there's got to be more because I could keep doing this over and over and I could do it in my sleep now. Right. And I've created such amazing like systems and processes and the way that I work, I could just keep doing this. And I'm like, but what happened was my sister, who was a single mom of three, yeah, she was working for Allstate doing my insurance, um, but she was working for Allstate working terrible hours. She was working like it was like noon to like 8 p.m. It was terrible. And she had three kids at home and they had sports and she was having to Uber eats their food to the house. And she just she wasn't home to be present. Right. It wasn't a great shout out to her. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Heidi. I know. Yeah. I mean, and she made it work. Yeah. But it wasn't the best right for her wasn't the best for the kids and she wasn't the happiest that she could be and so um i told her one day i said quit your job and get your license and you're you can do amazing and she was like i don't know and i'm like just do it i'm like i know like i'll i'll help you for a couple months because she didn't have the capacity i was like i will help you but let's just you can do this mm -hmm. she made a hundred thousand dollars her first year she was making thirty five thousand dollars a year working for Allstate. When she quit and she sold her first year, she made a hundred thousand dollars. And then the next year she made $200,000. She's the one that was like, Lisa, what you're teaching me, other people don't know this stuff. Yeah. I was like, but it's so simple. And she's like, no, it's not simple. Other people don't know this. She's yeah. like, this is something. So she kind of planted that seed for me to be able to share that with others. And so that's kind of was the beginning of like, starting to looking into coaching and what certifications I wanted and how I wanted to create curriculum and whoever knew I'd become like a teacher, you know, teacher. Yeah. And help. I, I love it. Cause I actually learned like at, when I originally started my college career, which was like a whole year long. Um, it was, I went to school for education, which is funny now. Cause I would die if I had to be, I mean, I like, I like kids, but not, like to teach yeah. is kill me now. Um, and we're going to get to your questions. I see your questions coming up, but let's just talk a little bit about um, uh, in, in slower times of real estate, like as a coach and doing this for so long in the slower times of real estate, like we've had, you know, specifically in Charlotte anyway, like the first 
two quarters of this year were kind of slow. Yeah. yeah. What, um, what's some of the best advice you give to agents of how you, what you should be doing during these times? Yeah. So you shouldn't be waiting. So that's number one. So if you're waiting for things to change or waiting for the market to increase or waiting for the you know rates to go down, if we're waiting, you're going to be behind, right? Okay. So what my advice is, is you create what it is that you want. There's always people moving. Like there's always someone dying. There's always people getting divorced. There's always job changes. Like they're literally, like, I think I had like a divorce month this last year where everyone was getting divorced. There's always something happening in people's lives where they have to move. Yeah. So even though the rates are high and, you know, prices are high, that doesn't mean that we're not having movement. Um, so you have to broaden that perspective. And sometimes that's where a coach comes in yeah. is we have such a narrow view sometimes that we can't see all the possibilities and a coach helps you see the possibilities. Right. And guide you to whatever you want to do. So well, yeah. and one thing I, I find too on that is sometimes it's, and I get what you're saying, but sometimes I feel like there's also so many options of what we can do, like things I've struggled with. Sometimes there's just so many options. It's like, should I door knock? Should I do open houses? Should I do my social media? Yeah. Should I, you know that? And then sometimes you get paralyzed as far as what, what to yeah. create, you know, yeah. and there's advice coming from so many places. And, and that's where a coach comes in handy too. Cause yeah. you're like, you know, my husband was a football, you know, star back in the day and he's so big on coaching, but he says I'm uncoachable. I'm like, <laughs> I just don't want you to coach. I, yeah. You're not uncoachable. I don't like being told what to do by certain people, but it's, yeah. especially him. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. Um, but he always talks about like, cause he, coaches a team. He works for New York life. He's a, a partner there. And so he coaches his own team. And yeah. he's like, you know, in football, there's a thousand plays you can do at any, but yes, they're like, we, you need a coach to tell you, this is the play. That is exactly how we're going to move across the field in order to get to the goal. Right. So yeah. um, that's why I think coaches are, are so important. And we've already talked offline how I need one. Okay. So <laughs> We're going to go through these questions. And yes, someone said the overwhelm factor is so relevant for me. And I, believe me, if there's anything I've struggled with, it's that's that's exactly it. in all and not just business in all areas of life. I get overwhelmed by the options. Yeah. So here's. Yeah. So can I speak to that for just a second? OK, I'm like, I know we're off topic, but so I've done something really interesting just this last couple of weeks, and it's brought that to light, like how to get rid of the overwhelm. I mean, there's definitely ways we work through overwhelm, but part of that overwhelm does come with all of the options that we're seeing out there, right? We have so many options. Every time you scroll, if you ever clicked on one real estate thing, you're going to get a bunch more because everybody's going to market to you. And then you're going to be like, oh my gosh, what's the best thing? Like there's this thing, this thing, this thing, and you don't know what to do. Right. right. So I think with all of that, that's part of our society now. That's part of our Facebook. That's part of our Instagram. Like that's just what marketing looks like in today and like today's day and age. Mm -hmm. So I did something really weird. So I've had a coach for three years, but it's a nutrition coach, yeah. but I still haven't lost weight. Okay. Yeah. And I keep looking for something outside myself to tell me what am I supposed to do to lose weight? So I'm like, I got the money. Here's the money. Tell me what to do. Help me lose weight. Three years. I've been the same weight still. <laughs> 
Okay. Three years, three years. Yes. So then not for like lack of effort, but just, I'm like, what the heck? Right. Yeah. So this year I'm like, I'm not going to get on the scale. No scale for me. Right. And I thought, okay, this will be a really good way to just have me quit focusing on that. But what I've actually learned from that, and this will tie into this, I'll, I'll get the tie in. Um, but what I've learned from that is not getting on the scale, how much I was relying on the scale to feed me the data. Like to, and it was, it was influencing my emotional decisions. Okay. So when we see all of these options, what I would encourage people to do, if you're overwhelmed by what option do I use is literally shut it down, write them down and give yourself like, take some time. Because what we don't do is we overstimulate ourselves by just looking and looking and watching more videos and watching more videos, right? But then we're overstimulated and our brain gets so exhausted that it can't think and it can't decide very well. So if you just shut it down and go inward and ask yourself, okay, do I like doing this? Like if you asked me to door knock, I'd be like, heck no, that's not my thing, right? If you want to do open houses, do you like, like, look at all the things, YouTube, are you going to really commit to that? What's your social media going to look like? Are you going to commit to that? Like, and if so, why give yourself 45 minutes or an hour to just process the information and then make a decision. And that helps you get out of overwhelm. Yeah. And and trust exactly what you said is what you like, you know, you asked what you like is Mm -hmm. kind of where I, and I haven't mastered this yet, but even when it comes to definitely weight loss, mm-hmm. I mean, I've tried, I'm like, oh, I'll try uh, Octavia. Oh, I'll be all vegan. I'll do intermittent fast. And then I've seen the most, I mean, I still have annoying like 10 pounds that won't leave, but I think that's just being in your forties. right? But um, I've seen like, basically when I just started following something I liked now, granted, I like pumpkin pie and rice and <laughs> like, so, I mean, keeping keep not being dumb about it right i I like apple pie but i'm not gonna eat it for dinner every day but if you find like a diet or something that you enjoy it becomes that much easier right so once i found i'm like oh okay i like the mediterranean like type of way it's so much easier for me to eat that type of food Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a diet Mm -hmm. and the same thing with um with real estate like when i first got into real estate everyone was like make a list of a hundred contacts, call everyone in your phone. But yeah, and I'm like, oh, I liked getting on video. I liked talking to like New Yorkers and that's, so it, it, it didn't become as paralyzing. When it's not a chore. Yeah. Not, right. Yeah. Something yeah. that you wake up and you execute with excellence and energy and you're excited to do it. Right. And that makes the difference because if you show up without energy, then you're not going to be very convincing. You're not going to convert people to work with you anyway. Right. right? You're not going to try like, you knock on a door and you hate it. Well, number one, you're probably not going to leave your house and ever do it. And then you just get in the shame cycle of telling yourself that you suck because you didn't get up and go do this thing that you should do. Exactly. Like you shouldn't necessarily do anything. You need to decide what you love. Right. Yeah. And then get out and do that thing. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, so now there's like that balance and you could get a lot more complicated to where it's like, well, Sometimes if you hold back from so many things, well, then there's some mindset work that has to be done about why you're maybe not taking that step forward and some, some behaviors or mindset that you might have that's stopping you. 
like then it's that. So there's like options and then there's mindset and then there's the activity or the execution. Like it can help you kind of also like decipher that because I know for a little bit, I had a a short-term business coach and that actually helped me see that for me, I had a, and it's weird. I don't know why I'm like this, but I did not grow up with money. And I also grew up where like rich people are kind of bad. Like there's a pride in poverty. And so every time I would like get over this threshold of money, I'd be like, like, and it's weird. It's like, Yes, it's an internal thing. And she kind of helped me realize that. So that's why having a coach is also so vital for your business. And it's an underutilized tool in your business. So with that said, tell us more about Agent Leader, kind of what you provide to your um, students. To my students. I know. Students, agents. Yeah. Yeah. So there's kind of two different paths that you can come in um, with Agent Leader. But I, I provide that business and mindset coaching. So we do, um, I mean, your entire, what I call the high, high profit agent fix. So it's entire business plan, um, and training for you, but then we also do weekly live training. So that part I think is what's so different. There's a couple of things that really, as I'm hearing from other people about other coaching programs they've been in, and then they come to me and um, I'm starting to realize the differentiators that I have between other coaching programs is the first thing is it's not just all about action because we can't solve everything with action. Now, some people, yes, maybe, but most of the time we have some sort of reason why we don't take the action or we're not taking the action with excellence. So with agent leader coaching, you are getting that business and the mindset coaching. So we ele- elevate you as a person right? You get to grow and then your business gets to grow as well. And that's different. And then the other thing is because we live coach every week, when the market changes, like right now, we are freaking going to kill it with this. I have a new high, um, high dollar listing attraction marketing system that we are all executing together individually, but we're working through this because it's a new system that I built and we're, we're doing that to get more listings this year. So we have a very clear path to add another 24 listings or 24 closings to everyone's quiver this year. Um, right. So, yes. so it's different because we're pivoting, right? Because it's very true. The reason why it's so confusing in real estate is you can go like, okay, you've got, you know, all these different avenues for lead generation, but they don't all work at the same time. Yeah. They don't work at the same time. You and have to grow and be good at one. You have to learn to be good at one. But yeah. also think about like 2020 you wouldn't be holding open houses because houses sold before you hold before you could hold an open house. So you mm-hmm. couldn't get buyers from open houses. Yeah. You wouldn't market to your expireds and you, cause there were none. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't market to for sale by owners yeah. because they could sell just as quickly as we could sell them. Cause everything sold. Yeah. Right. So then you have to pivot and you have to have a different way of marketing. So that's where a coach comes in is like being a couple months ahead of the game and for saying what's happening in the market. So we know where to pivot, what to do different. That's really a, a huge difference with agent leader coaching. So there's a lot more to it, but that's overall, I mean, that's it. And one thing that I have noticed about your stuff and I love and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you help agents not only, you know, go ahead and add those 24 listings to their quiver, but you're really teaching them how not just to have a job, yes. but to have a business, right? Yes. We're, only, and, we're only building businesses. Yes. Right. Which is, yeah. 
I think something just from watching people is something that, you know, you can see successful agents, but it's crazy to think that if they disappear tomorrow or if they got sick or whatever, that entire business would collapse because yeah. it's not, there's not a business. It's, it's a person. The person. Yeah. I mean, I had back surgery and sat on the couch. I didn't show a house for three months, but I still made about 50 to $70,000 a month. Yeah. So that whole time I was just running out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that to me is well worth it. Wait and go, of course, 20, you know, getting 20 plus listings, making six figures, you know, double six figures is well worth its weight in gold. But finding ways, because, you know, in 10 years, you may not want to be hustling around showing houses or you may not want to have a closing and then worry about, oh God, now where am I going to get? Yeah, this? where's the next you know? paycheck? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, and it's yeah. so, I'm sure you've seen it. There's so many people living that, that appear successful, but yeah. it's just not steady. So definitely, um, okay, I'm going to go through these questions, but first tell them where um, they can find more information. And I'll drop the links in here, of course, but just oh, say yeah. where they can find more Agent, information. Agentleader.com agentlayer.com. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go there, check it out. And then she also has really great emails um, that come out every week. And I think you do some sort of trainings, right? Cause I get, I emails do a free, yeah. So I do free ask a coach on Thursdays. So you, you can see that when you go to agentleader.com too, you can sign up for that. So go. if you've never had a coach, if you just have like a question you want to ask, see what that even looks like. Um, I do a free session every Thursday, so you can come ask me whatever. If you had a fight with your husband, we can deal with that. If you have something going on with your business, we can deal with that. So we do all the, That's I'm such a, life a good idea. Coach. yeah, I'm a certified life coach and I'm a certified high performance coach. So we hit all the, all the angles. That is so cool. Okay. Just for my, do you do like business coaching outside of like real estate on other stuff? I do. Yes. All right, girl. Yeah. Um, all right. So, of course, go to agentleader.com and um, get more information. You can also follow her on Instagram at agentleaderlisa. Um, but before we get into our rapid fire, someone said, can I ask what CRM she uses? I'm struggling with that piece and I can't seem to find a good solution. Yeah. So you're not going to love my answer. Um, so my CRM consists <laughs> of my homebot. Yeah. Is it, that's a considered a CRM. So every homeowner goes into HomeBot. Right. Um, I keep a separate, my brokerage has a way that we can put all of our contacts in. So I keep my contacts there too. And then I keep them on a spreadsheet. But I don't have your traditional CRM that's sending out automated emails. Like yeah. I never had one. I don't ever intend to have one. Um, when I have clients that come to me, they go in one of three places. If they're a buyer, they go on a drip. So that again is free inside your, your MLS, right? right? So they go on a search. If they're a seller, they go on HomeBot. And then if they are like an internet lead so that they maybe aren't responding, you haven't categorized them into one of the other two buckets, you could put them in an auto drip system that's going to be coming from a CRM. But right. I don't have that kind of patience. I'm like, do you want my help? Great. If you don't want my help, I'm not wasting my time. And I move on and I try to find the people that want my help. So right. I, don't, I, I feel like also you're and and you know you give me your thoughts on this, but I feel like also your social media can be like your CRM. And I know like you're not grabbing people's emails and stuff, but a lot of times, like specifically for those cold leads or I'm sorry, internet leads that aren't really responding, or people that 
might be buying, but probably not for a year. A lot of times, like just getting them into your social media channels is like such a good, great way to nurture them because yeah. they, they don't want friction. Right. So, and, right. and I know this because I am this way. Right. So if I'm looking for a car, it's like, I already know what the car I have right now. I hate, and I can't wait to trade in, but I'm not trading until my son graduates. So I'm like, all right, I'm about nine months out from buying a new car probably. And in, um, but you know, I don't want some car salesman to bother me for nine months. <laughs> so, but if I follow someone who's selling cars and posting about cars, like I follow all these TikTok things about cars, and yeah. you know, and then they nurture you up and stuff like that. So, so there's yeah, and and I think too the thing is it really has to do again with the person, how you met them. I kind of have a whole flow chart. I do have a flow chart of clients. So what their experience is and what you do with them, because if I have somebody, let's say, like I had a client one time that wasn't ready to buy for a year, but my pitch to them is, well, let's, let's keep you, you know, let me go ahead and put you on a search so you can watch the market because you know, they're watching Zillow anyway. Right. But we'd rather have them watch it from an email that you send them. So I still get them on a search, even if they're a year out. And sure enough, I never called that person again. Like I didn't do any other follow-up, but I could see if they were opening their emails yeah. and the next, it was, yeah, and it was a year later and I get a phone call from this person that says, Hey, the house that you sent me, can you go FaceTime us? We want to see it. I'm like, great. I FaceTimed them. They're like, yep, we want it. And they bought it. They did nothing. I didn't. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And you you that was my follow-up. So I still was nurturing them, but you're nurturing them with value. Yeah. We're just taught to nurture them with all these email sequences and for buyers and sellers, if they're like legit, eventually going to buy and sell, you want to get to the goods, right? Yeah. The value what of what you care providing. about is what's selling. They don't care about five home maintenance tips for a winter. They right? They no, everybody knows that's automated anyway. So it doesn't right. matter. Right. Exactly. Okay. That's so good. Um, Jessica said is, well, speaking of Heidi, is your sister in the same town or another? And is it larger or smaller than where you are? So she's in Boise. So yeah. she's, she's in large. Yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm rural and most of, I don't say most, but I mean, most probably 70, 60, 70% of what I sell is in the rural areas. Yeah. And then she's in, um, she's in Boise. So she's in huge, really competitive area. Oh, that's good. I love watching her stuff. And she's awesome. Single mom's killing it. I was a single mom for nine years. So I love it. Um, Okay. So someone said, do you use HomeBot for lead generation too? I heard it should only be used for hot leads and current or past clients. So if you can get anyone on HomeBot. So um, as an example for that, um, if you're going to be doing a marketing piece, let's say to like farm an area, Mm -hmm. right? or like we did a parade and our QR code was, do you want to know your home value scan here? Then when they scan, they can sign up for HomeBot. Now you have them on your HomeBot. Now you can watch the open rate to see if that person's opening their emails. If they are, then Monday morning, when you sit down and wonder what you're supposed to do with your life, you go to who was opening your, opening the emails. And then you send them an email or a text or a call to just check in with them and see if they have any questions. Right. So that starts to like funnel the person down to like, here's your really like wide part of the funnel where you're just getting people into your system. 
Same with people on a search, right? You get as many people as you can on the search. And then eventually it funnels down to the people that actually want to take action. Right. Yes. Love it. And it's so the even at open houses and stuff like just having them i think people have a hard time getting people to sign in because they're not trading anything of value but yeah. if you're in the house specifically hosting an open house where people who are buying it are likely selling something else you know depending on your average price point that's such a great way to like cool. hey this is this will just keep you on top of stuff for a year if you want it you want it sign up and and that's it Awesome. Um, and then someone said, I recently signed up for HomeBot, but haven't fully engaged with it because I'm not how I'm not sure how to best leverage it. Yeah. The best thing I could say is go grab my follow up playbook. You can find it underneath my uh, under the tabs. We'll, of coach. we'll link it here, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you just go get the follow up playbook, it'll give you the whole email template. It'll tell you the entire way to harness it. Yeah. Right. Because it's a tool, but you have to leverage the tool to work right or to work the best that it can. So I'll I'll give you the whole email template and everything and tell you how to do that and get your people on. And and like anything, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is if you've signed up for it, just start getting in there. <laughs> start getting in there and using it. I think sometimes we look at different systems and we're like, well, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to use it. And you then can think about it for a year and it, yeah, then you've been paying for it. The best thing is to just get started. Someone said, great idea. Thank you. So, all right, cool. Well, make sure, of course, you go to agentlinger.com, follow her. I will link her follow-up, um, what's it called? Follow-up planner? Follow uh, it's yeah. a follow-up playbook. Yeah. Yes, I will link that in the comments for you guys. Um, and okay, so hold on. Let me get out of here. Why is my, okay. So Lisa, unrelated question. But I love that you love roller coasters because okay. so you put in your sheet in your uh, guest form that you love roller coasters and so do I. So what's the best roller coaster you have rode or ran? Oh my gosh, what one is it? It's in it's in California at the uh, oh my gosh, not gonna think what it is. Six Flags. I've never been there. Yeah, but it's like the what is it called? X two is it the X two? I think it literally makes you go flip forward, flip backward. It's got sound. So you end up like flying, but then the roller coaster like moves and then you end up flipping backward. Like it is like the freakiest, like <laughs> it is the only roller coaster that we have all gotten on my whole family. And we mm -hmm. all got off. We're like, oh my gosh, that was insane. Like, oh, oh, now I got to try it. Absolutely. Oh because literally like you're going up, so you're leaning back. But then as soon as that comes down, it flips you. And all of a sudden you're like flying forward. It is like, I love those ones where you get to fly. We have a amusement park by us, Carowinds, and we have one of those. But um, I've not been to the Six Flags in um, California. My husband used to work there as a teenager or a college student. Fast, fast, man. Yes. Yeah. Um, but my favorite is in Universal, my favorite so far. Well, actually, two. So Universal Studios in Orlando, we go to Florida all the time. Um, oh, yeah. So the they have a Hulk coaster. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yes. So good. I love how it shoots you out. Um, and yeah. then have you been on Everest in um in Disney? I think it's in Animal Kingdom. It's, I have to have. I oh yeah. It's so you're riding up like these snowy, it looks like you're in this mountainous. Oh yeah, we did. And yes. it's like the, the roller coaster itself isn't anything crazy, but it's so pretty. And so you know, that Disney does fun. everything crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay, we could. We could talk all day about theme parks. But 
It's a good, uh, it's a good uh, stress reliever. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. But we were just in Bush Gardens over the weekend in Virginia. A lot of the roller coasters weren't, you know, it was raining. But um, they have a new one, and I was so mad because I wanted to try it. I forgot what it's called, but it looks crazy. But it was raining and also freezing, so we didn't try it. But <laughs> so what Jessica said, fellow previous Six Flags ride attendant right here. <gasps> that oh, is so oh, I love, it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you again, Lisa. You know, I love um, any chance to talk to you. I'm sorry it took three years or something to get back on. Uh, you know, it's good. I'm I'm having so much fun watching. You provide such great information. Like I'm watching your stuff. Like I'm like this is oh. so valuable. So in the oh. world of like social media people and everything where it's junk, like you provide amazing value to the people oh that are following you. Well, it's yours too. And yours really comes through as like you really care about people. And I love that you're just no look at us whatever each other's back. But I love that they're just no like some uh real estate coaches, they just turn me off because they're so like, I don't know. I, I don't know what's the word for it, but just sale, you know, Grant Cardone. Yeah. It's just not my vibe. Um so I I love your vibe. Yeah. So go ahead and check out Lisa's stuff. You will love it. And someone said, Thank you, Lisa and Sarah. This was fantastic. So yeah, um, I'm really yeah. grateful to spend time with us. Make sure you um grab her. I'm never gonna remember. Grab her follow-up planner or what is it called? Oh, okay. I put it, yep, agentleader.com forward slash marketing. So you right. can get yeah. any of my marketing playbooks in there, but it's my follow-up plan. Perfect. Yeah. Go ahead and grab that from her, follow her and all that stuff, and um and watch yourself succeed. So all right, Lisa, thank you so much. I will thank talk to you, you soon. Okay, Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Real Estate Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps. If you'd like to be featured on the show, you can get that information right in the show notes. Be sure to tune in next week for another new episode. And until then, keep your dreams big and your mugs full. See you next week.